see with you this morning. I think I'm on to some extent. Yeah, I am pretty on. Uh, shall we pray um, as we study this together? Father God, thank you for this new day. Thank you that we can gather here together this morning. We pray that as we come to look at your word together now, you may speak words of truth by your spirit to us. As we open this passage afresh to us again this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we're going to spend time looking at that passage from Matthew 25, uh, which if you've got open in front of you is on page 994. And please have it open as we look at this together. Some of you might note that over the last few weeks we've been looking at that latter half of Matthew's Gospel. And numerous times we've heard this expression, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, or perhaps the kingdom of God is like. And we've seen it's been like a landowner, it's been like a king. And today, as we come to look at this passage together, we read, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Jesus is in conversation with his disciples. He sat on the Mount of Olives and he begins to tell them this parable. But before we do that, I wonder how many of you have ever had anything to do with scouting? Anybody here? Got a few hands. Brilliant. Well, I, at the age of seven, joined First Cheriton back in Kent, First Cheriton Cub Scouts. And then when I turned 11, went on to be part of 11th Folkestone Scouts, the scout group that was attached to the church I was a part of. And any of you who have been part of scouting will know what the scouting motto is. It is? Perfect. Be prepared. <laughs> scouting, as I've had a couple of conversations with some people this morning, scouting gives you a good preparation for some of those key things in life. The motto that Baden-Powell set up, be prepared, is there to say that you're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. And Jesus here in this parable is asking us, whether we've been scouts or not, to be prepared. That's the overall message of this parable. And to help look at this parable, I'm going to ask three questions. If we're to be prepared, first of all, what should we be prepared for? Secondly, when are we preparing for? And thirdly, how should we prepare? So that first question, what should we be prepared for? Well, often, when we study passages from the Bible, opening words and phrases can be really, really important. And in this case, we have those three words right at the very beginning there in verse 1. At that time. Or as many other translations have, then. See, Jesus is wanting us to draw our attention to a particular time. It's the time that something happens that Jesus wants us to consider. Tim, when helping us try and understand the Bible passage last week, said how important it was to try and ask some key questions. What? Why? When? What's going on with each passage? So what's going on in this passage here? Well, Jesus, in verse 1, describes ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. See, in Jesus' day, it's a normal part of Jews, uh, it was a normal part of a Jewish wedding party. 
a Jewish wedding in those days had various different stages, normally about three. First, there would be the engagement. Then there became the betrothal, a ceremony which took place in the bride's house and at which various promises were made in front of witnesses and there were presents given. Finally, sometimes afterwards, it could be perhaps sometimes people think about as much as a year later, the actual marriage would take place and the bridegroom would go to the bride's house. He'd then bring her back to his house with a procession through the streets and then there would be a feast or party at the groom's house, sometimes lasting up to a week. And so it's thought that these ten virgins, possibly even ten bridesmaids they could be, could be waiting for the groom to return to have this feast. But this is a parable. There's something deeper going on. What is Jesus talking about? Well, Jesus in Matthew 24, the previous chapter, has been talking about the end times, talking about his return. Jesus is encouraging his disciples and us to be ready, to be prepared for when he's going to return. And in Matthew 24, verse 44, Jesus says to his disciples, so you also must be ready. So what other clues are there about this new parable? Well, in Matthew 9, a chapter fairly before this, Jesus is asked about fasting by his disciples. And when he answers them in Matthew 9, 15, he says this, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. See, Jesus is referring to himself as the bridegroom. There's also imagery in the, Revelation, in the book of Revelation of the wedding banquet when Jesus, the bridegroom, will return and meet with his bride, the church. So what are we preparing for? Well, they're preparing for the coming back of Jesus, his return with Jesus, the bridegroom. As we come towards Advent, that time of the year when many people begin the countdown to Christmas, the time when Jesus came as a baby, we need to remember that Jesus is going to come back again. And how are we prepared for that? That's what we're preparing for. When are we preparing for it? Well, we know that we are, Jesus is going to return, but when is that actually going to happen? What time is it going to be? Well, look at verse 13. This is the last verse in our reading. It gives Jesus' teaching on this. He says this. Keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Kim said to me before I got up, after the notices this morning, perhaps that's a really appropriate verse around here this morning. This is why I'm being confused. When is this going to happen? We don't know the day or the hour. This is a phrase that was repeated lots in the previous chapter. In verse, chapter 24, verse 36, he says this, but about that day or hour, no one knows. In 24, verse 42, he says this, therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. And again, in, in chapter 24, verse 44, the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. There are lots of other clues in the story about this that come that show us that the bridegroom was a long time in coming. They're supposed to be awake before Jesus' return. But Tim has spoken the last couple of weeks about knowing God's story, knowing God's story and also about knowing our story. And God's story should become part of our story. 
And I think when we come to think about when is this going to happen, we have to ask that question, well, where are we in God's story? We know that the story begins with God creating the world back in the beginning. We read about that in the book of Genesis. And that God will be there in the end when we have the new heaven and the new earth, which we read about in Revelation. We know that God sent Jesus to earth, and Jesus spent time teaching before he died and came back to life for each of us. And after that time, Jesus told his disciples to go and wait in the city for the Holy Spirit and that he would return again. So where are we in that story? Well, we're apart somewhere in that waiting period. We do not know when. It will be when we do not expect, as that passage suggests. But all we know is that we're closer than those first disciples were. So we're preparing for something to come. When? We don't know. But this parable also demonstrates to us, I think, something of how those in Jesus' time were also not prepared for what was going to happen. See, the Jewish people had been expecting the Messiah for hundreds of years. They had the time to be ready for, for when Jesus came. And then when he did come, for that first time as a baby, they were not prepared. Jesus didn't want his disciples to be caught sleeping or unprepared, like some of those who were unprepared when he first came. So Jesus is not giving us the time when it's going to happen. But it definitely is going to happen. The final thing to say, I think, about time is there's also a sense of finality about it. Look at verse 10. When the unprepared virgins are not ready, they go there and they rush and they find the door is shut. There's a sense of finality about it. Jesus reminds us that it's about being prepared now making the necessary preparations in our life in order that we're ready for that time and not having to make all those preparations when he returns. So we've considered what we're preparing for. We've thought about when we're preparing for. So finally, how should we prepare? So although Jesus tells us this story about ten virgins, he's very quick to point out in verse 2 that five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. Jesus has told a parable earlier on in Matthew's Gospel about being wise and being foolish. That parable would be the parable of the wise, and wise man and the foolish man. That's right. In Matthew chapter 7, and he says this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a we know the rest of that story. The wise man who built upon his rock, the rock was ready when the storms came, in contrast to that foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The wise people prepare. They prepare for what is coming, whereas the foolish people don't. What did Jesus talk about? And that wise people who look to Jesus don't just hear his this teaching, but as disciples put into practice everything they learn in order that we're ready when Jesus returns. So the ten virgins were prepared by taking the lamps with them. It was dark. It was getting towards nighttime. They're going to need light. But the foolish five forgot to take any oil with them. What does that say about their preparations? Well, I think it says that they were not ready or they were not prepared for the long haul. See, the path of discipleship is not a short sprint but a long-distance race. And we have to be prepared for that. 
and the oil lamps look great and provide good light for the first few hours. But if we don't have the oil to keep it going, it's not going to shine or be as bright. As wise disciples of Jesus, we need to be prepared, but keeping ourselves sustained in our faith through gathering for worship here together on Sundays, through spending time reading, studying God's word, through prayer. We heard about the prayer opportunities that are going on this week. But remembering it's also about putting our faith into practice. So when we meet with others, we tell others about Jesus. We can also learn and gain more in our faith. We could build each other up. I think that's one of the things about praying for others and sharing stories. There's a sense of building up and sustaining our faith. Just for example, I think it was just two weeks ago when we had the prayer evening across the road um, at the parade. Nadia shared two simple stories of what this building, what this community has meant to two people who've come, experienced and been in this building, experienced what's gone on. Hearing those stories built some of those people up that evening, heard something. It keeps us going in our faith of what we're doing as a community here. And I think sustaining ourselves in the faith means that we can be ready when Jesus returns. Because again, look at verse 6. When the bridegroom returns, the virgins wake up and they're prepared their lamps for his arrival. And in verse 8, the foolish brave maids say to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, replies the wise virgins, there may not be enough for both us and you. I think sometimes that seems quite harsh. You know, if they shared at that point, the bridegroom came, there may have been enough of them to have enough oil to light their lamps together and to get through that little parade. However, what I think Jesus might be talking about here is something about your individual faith. Because as a disciple of Jesus, there are things that you can learn by hearing from others. You can learn what others do. But ultimately, we have to have our own faith to be able to explain for ourselves and in our own words why we believe in Jesus. There comes a point where we can't borrow the faith of others, where we can't lean on the words of others. We have to believe it for ourselves and have a faith of our own. That's why as Christians and as disciples, no matter how long we've had faith, either two years or even 20 years or more, we need to continually keep learning more about Jesus. There's always more to learn for ourselves and the difference that Jesus can make. So we need to be prepared. We prepare for Jesus' return. Jesus is coming back. And as followers, we need to continually get ourselves ready and be prepared for that day no matter how long we've had faith. See, as I said, discipleship's about that long journey of discovering more and telling others about Jesus. That way, we can be wise and put into practice all that Jesus teaches. We never know when that's going to happen. It could be tomorrow. It could be two years. It could be 200 years' time. But these were those final words of Jesus. He says this, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour.